So this morning, um, Philip is going to preach. Philip, if you could just stand. He's, he's going to preach on discipleship. And if you were driving in, I'm sure you saw him being one of our car guards, or is it directors there? Our parking manager as well. <laughs> so what I love about Philip is just that heart to serve. He just wants to serve where there's a need. He's always available. And we're excited about him because he's also joining our full-time staff. So today he's going to be preaching on discipleship. And yeah, I just want us to pray for him. So Father, we just thank you for Philip this morning as he releases the word, a word that is so close to his heart, so much his passion on just seeing people being raised up in your truth and understanding who you are, Father God. And therefore, we just thank you that um, he will not just be teaching or preaching, Father God, but I thank you for impartation of heart, impartation of your heart, oh, Father God, through what you've done through his life, Father God. In Jesus' name, we just open our hearts to receive, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So I'm not new to the Every Nation family. I've been part of Every Nation for the last five years. Um, I come from South Africa. And so whenever we see an opportunity to go to the nations, we go. Um, I did come for different reasons as well. It's more than just assisting a church. Uh, there's someone there. Uh, it's, uh, it's my flower. <laughs> and so, yeah. We are more than, for more than one reason we are here. And so I want to take one, um, just one, take the risk. It's dear to my heart because someone took a risk on me. And they took a risk when they came to sit with me in the Wumpy, uh, shared with me the gospel, asked me if I'm going to heaven. I said, there's no way. And I gave my life to the Lord crying and eating my burger. Um, I was weeping. And I was crying, but I was so thankful. And I remember that person took me in, literally took me in, uh, inviting me to small groups, after small groups, inviting me wherever there was an opportunity for growth, wherever there was an opportunity for prayer. He told me, come, we are praying before service. And those are the things I was not used to because I was not used to the church, but he brought me in. And for that reason, this is, I'm standing today because of that, um, because of someone taking me and said, I'm willing to invest in you and impart in you and walk with you. And, you know, when it's tough for you, it's tough for me. When you cry, I cry. And we have fought many things together. Uh, not all of you may know him. He was. He served in Okahanya for sometimes years back. May, uh, for three months, I think. He was actually illegally after some time. Um, and so he actually, yeah. So he discipled me. He's currently planting a new church in Cape Town. And so they are in that area. So this morning, we want to talk about keep walking. So the whole faith of Christianity is about perseverance. It's about moving. I remember Pastor Yuma preached the sermon and said that the faith is not a hundred meter sprint, but it's a marathon. And what, what we should understand that if you look at the apostles and uh, the, 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 the apostles, the disciples, Jesus himself, the older they got, the more passionate they got. You're right? So the older they got, the more passionate. They didn't die young. They weren't martyred young for Christ. The older they got, and that's what we should understand. The older we get, 
the more passionate. We should be careful to use the word in saying, I've been through it all. I've been through the process. I've done this discipleship thing. I have reached people. But we should keep our hearts soft and keep our hearts open for what Christ wants to do in us. To understand this morning's message, we need to understand the next scripture. This scripture is the foundation for the book of Acts. It, 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 it lays the foundation it, where the themes, the topics, whatever you find in the book of Acts comes from this scripture. And it says for us in Acts 1 verse 8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What will you receive as a believer? You'll receive power. What is that power? That power is dunamis, dynamite. So when you receive the power that comes from the Spirit, what would you be? You'll be a witness. What is that word? You'll be a martyr. Someone who suffers for Christ. So when you are filled with the Spirit, it's impossible for you not to be a witness. You actually will be quenching the Spirit if you're not being a witness. You're suppressing what the Spirit should be doing in you. It's bringing out power for you to reach and lay down your life so that the next person can be reached in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, um, I, was, I was in Jerusalem, which is home. I may be now in Judea and Samaria. So, this will become Jerusalem again, and then we'll again go to Judea and Samaria. And maybe one day when the Lord gracefully gives us the grace to go and really suffer for Him, um, we will also go somewhere into the Middle East or wherever it could be to lay our lives down again for the gospel of Jesus. So we have to understand that when the power comes upon us, it's for one purpose, it's to be a witness. That's it. And for the rest of the book of Acts, we need to see that there's a, there's a common thing that happens. There's common phrases that we find in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is the best book to describe what a church should look like. Here are a few outlines. It should share the gospel. It should make disciples. It should plant churches. What does every nation exist for? To honor God, to make disciples, to plant churches. That is who we are as an every nation family. Where do we get it? In the book of Acts. And so when something repeats itself in the, in the Bible, you can pay careful attention to it. The day of Pentecost, how many times did it happen? Once. Must it happen again? By no means. Can it happen again? Absolutely. But you see discipleship, we read it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Timothy, and all straight through. So there's this thing that repeats itself, and therefore we pay attention to saying something is being said to us. And that's why it's repeating. Prayer, it's being from Matthew straight through, even find that in the, in the Old Testament. Therefore we pray because we pay attention to things that repeats itself. And so this morning stopping is not something that was a once-off event in the Bible, but it's something that repeated itself. And therefore we pay careful attention to it. Let's read the following scriptures. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, um, and many of the priests became obedient to the faith. So the church throughout all, all Judea and Galilee and Samaria 
had a, at peace and was being built up and walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. When it had peace with the Spirit and it walked in the fear of the Lord, what happened? It multiplied. The next. But the Word of God increased and multiplied. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and they increased in numbers daily. So the Word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So what do we see? A healthy church is a growing church. Growing in faith, growing stronger in our personal walk, but growing in number. We have this phrase that we say, not quantity, but it's quantity and it's quality. It's prayer and it's discipleship. It's word and it's the spirit. As soon as we pull to the side, we forget about the word. Now we're so spiritual, we forget about the word. Sorry, again, we're so in the Word, we forget about the Spirit. But as soon as these things come together, something powerful happens. And so when we look in the book of Acts, when there was Word, there was fear of the Lord, it grew. It grew, it grew, it grew. The church must grow. A healthy disciple must make disciples. If you're disobeying that, you're not disobeying me. And you're not disobeying leadership of every nation. You're disobeying God Himself. It's His command that He has given to us. I remember times in Lesotho where I was, I was actually serving in, in Vicksburg where they fetched me. So the guys of Okahanya and Alex from South Africa, they came to plant a church in Vicksburg, got me saved there, sent me to Lesotho. I served in Lesotho for two years and then obviously came back this side. And so in, in, in Lesotho as it is, we should have, we, I ran about seven connect groups a week to plant the church, to raise leaders. And that's what we do, what we see in the book of Acts, is that continuously of raising leaders. I'm not asking you to run seven connects because that's what we do there. It, it was part of getting the church off the ground. And, but we see that this repetition of growth. So let's see by the raising of hands or by the nodding of heads or by blinking your eye, who of you say this morning that you're a disciple of Jesus? Because I want to speak to you. So those of you who are not disciples, listen carefully, pay attention. Um, I would advise you to listen, leave your phone. So, but those of you saying we are disciples, this message is for all of us. And so I want to share with you. We're going into the main scripture. You can open your Bibles from the book of Acts um, chapter 9. Verse 10, all my scriptures is from the ESV. So if you have an ESV on your phone, you can follow there. So Acts 9, verse 10 to 22. Acts 9, verse 10 to 22. Okay. So let's just pray. Lord, this is your word, Lord, and I pray that you speak. Father, I pray that, that, your, that your word will not return void, Lord. God, I pray that as James says, that we'll not merely read the word and deceive ourselves, Lord. God, I pray that it pierces our hearts this morning and it, and it, and it, and it enables us, God, to move to obedience. Lord, I pray that as we worshiped you, that the outcome of worship, Lord, is obedience. Because that's the heart of worship. So we thank you, Lord, for your word. And we thank you for everybody's here, God, that you do nothing 
by accident, Lord. Everybody here is supposed to hear this word, Lord, and would be accountable towards it. In Jesus' name, amen. And so let's read together. Acts 9 verse 10 says, In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. Sorry. So now there was a disciple. Go back. Sorry, my slides changed. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. So let us just stick there. So there was a disciple named Ananias. So to be a disciple, you need to understand what is a disciple. Because a disciple is like, they call it, it's an umbrella word. You know, there's, there's things, there's aspects to being a disciple. And that's what we're going to look at. So disciple in the Greek context means one who engages in learning through instruction from another. Just stick to the previous slide. So one who engages through learning through instruction. So what it means is there's this person that teaches you, and eventually you will become like that person. What did Paul says? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Look at my life. Disciples, the original disciples had the privilege of following Jesus literally. We have people as an example. We follow people. That's why you should be able to say, imitate me. Look at my life and follow me. And see how I do things. And so uh, being a disciple is not merely sitting in a classroom setup. Let's call it as it's not merely sitting in church, merely reading our Bibles, because that would be a deception. You would deceive yourself. Think I'm fine, but you're not fine. Because this doesn't put you into obedience. It has to be taken from here, and you go and apply it out there. So being a disciple is not merely knowledge that has a tendency to pop up. This is what a disciple is of Jesus. It's a disciple is a believer who follows Christ and then offers his own imitation of Christ as a model for others. You should be a model for others. The way you follow Christ, you should be able to say to people, Follow me. Look at my life and as I follow Christ. So a disciple is someone who is a dedicated follower of Jesus. What does a follower do? He follows. You cannot stand still and follow the Lord. You cannot be at the same place the whole time and follow the Lord. It's like a chess game. You have to move. You cannot give it over to the other person and say, make a move. No, you must make a move when it's your turn. And we need to continue on making a move. We need to continue on following Christ. My one way I've kept myself passionate for the Lord is to say, Lord, I don't want to arrive. Lord, help me not to say I've made it. I've arrived. I have gone through it all. I've seen the process. I have attended more than 30 victory weekends and I've never said, Lord, yes, I've been through 30 of these things. I'm just saying, Lord, more for you. Lord, I want more for you. And so we never want to come to a place where we arrive. Discipleship was so simple that Jesus explained it to uneducated fishermen in a sentence. What did he say to them? And he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. That's discipleship. Three things. 
The order is very important. Please don't mix the order up. First is a command, follow me. Second is a promise, you'll be a fisher of men. And thirdly, your fellowship. See, you cannot follow Christ alone. It's impossible. You need to be in fellowship. Do not put fellowship second. Because you'll never come to fishing for people. Fellowship is a byproduct, if I can call it in that manner. When you follow Jesus, you fish for people, fellowship will be there. But as soon as you exchange its place, you're going to be caught up in some real difficult times. Because you're going to be fellowshipping or not, and not following Jesus. Or you're going to be fellowshipping and not fishing for people. So just leave it in third place because that's where it belongs. And so, yes, so, um, so the Lord, so the first one that we're going to look at is following Jesus. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am, Lord. What is the first one? Being a follower of Christ Christ communicates to you, and you must communicate to Christ. You must be ready to say, here I am, Lord. Being a follower of Jesus, it's going to cost you something. Uh, it's, it's inevitable. I, I cannot even make it more softer than it is. Then It's going to cost you something to follow Christ. It says for us in the book of Matthew, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Here's the question before I go into the scripture. How much are you willing to pay? I pay a certain amount for this jacket because I have a value on this jacket. You pay a certain amount of rent, a certain amount of rent, um, what is it, on your installment on your car because you have a value. So if you want to drive a Rolls Royce, you'll drive that because you have a value. And so here's the question. What is your value on following Jesus and helping others follow Christ? We need to have put that value because Christ lays his life down for us. What are we willing to lay down? So the first one, it says that if anyone comes after me, let him deny himself. What does that mean? Deny your existence. Deny that it's all about you. Deny that it's anything is about you, but it's for the kingdom, for the sake of the kingdom, and nothing and for the glory of the kingdom nothing else you deny that saying lord it's it's about my comfortability or where i should be going or where i should be leading or what i should be doing and saying lord it's all about you it's all about what you want to do through me and secondly it's taking up your cross and that is the question is what are you willing to put to death to follow jesus and help others follow jesus what are you put, willing to put aside what are you willing to say, Lord, I, I've spent an hour, two hours a day watching TV. Will you put that to death to follow Jesus and help others follow Jesus? Would, what would you put to the side? Christ gave it all. What would we put down to see Christ glorified? And that comes by taking up our crosses. We normally see it as a burden, but it's not a burden. It's just a willingness to say, Lord, it's no longer about me. It's about you. If, you. if you know about a couple that is in Okahanya, couple uh, Tian and Marlo, that couple had amazing jobs, great jobs. Um, she was a medical rep. He was a professional tennis coach, coached big schools in, in, in Pretoria. But they had this thing of saying, Lord, here I am. I'm still ready. 
So Lord, we are doing this, but as soon as you send me, and the Lord sent them. The Lord sent them to Fixburg. They came to fetch me, picked me up, and we came to Namibia. They dropped me off in Vintuk, and now they are in <laughs> Okahanya. So it was just the route that I had to go. I had to go with someone. And so the second part of following Jesus is a readiness. And as shoes are for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. We should have a readiness on our feet when it comes to follow Jesus. We should be anxious to do His will. Not anxious for the future. Anxious to do His will. Anxious to sin against Him. Anxious to not do what He has commanded us to do. We should be anxious for that and be ready to say, Lord, I'm putting on these shoes and these are the gospel, Lord, of your peace. The gospel of peace are on my feet, ready to move. Ready to be sent. Ready to be going to the next place. Just to be clear, I'm not asking you to leave your jobs. So... Just follow Jesus and help others follow Him. Here's the main point. So the first one was free, follow Jesus. This is the one we want to focus on. Still part of discipleship is to fish for people. The scripture reads, And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul, for behold, he is praying. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias Come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. Next one. But Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard many about this man. How much evil he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. To bind all who says we are followers of Christ. To bind all. Is there a next scripture? Not. Okay, you can go back. So bind your, all the followers of Jesus. Does God speak to you about people? And does God speak to people about you? Absolutely. This is a story between one man and another man. It's exactly what it is. Just one. Take the risk. And Ananias took the risk going to Paul. God, it's inevitable that God will not, if you're a follower of Christ, a disciple of Christ, God cannot not speak to you about people. It is all about people. The kingdom is about people. The kingdom is about territory. That is what a kingdom is. Where have you seen a kingdom that doesn't want power and territory? That is exactly what it is about. It's about power. It's about territory. And it's all for the sake of Christ. That we do this. So God would speak to us about people. I remember God spoke to me about someone. I was in Lesotho praying, asking the Lord to give me a person. And I remember lying in bed and I saw eyes. Ah, I saw a smile, sorry. Smile, I saw long hair. Um, I saw a face. I saw, it was not Jojo. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't a... I saw, I saw a place, a place, a specific, and I saw a time, 3 o'clock, 3 p.m., and I remember waking up the next day, waiting for 3 p.m., and because of my insecurity, I grabbed my God test, because I didn't know what, how it's going to play out, I don't know what to do, and I, and I went to the place, 3 p.m., I stood by the tree, and to my left were the house of the complex that I saw, and there was the girl, the long hair, the smile, the smile, I remember the smile. And I, I didn't know what to do, so I walked back. I was like, I don't know, Lord. 
I don't know, please help me. So I took out my God test and I approached them. It's like, here's the God test. Have you seen the God test? No, I haven't. Okay, which one of these pictures represents your faith the most? And we went through the God test page by, do you believe in God? What does God expect of you? And we did all those things. And when the God test was done, I told her, I actually know who you are. And he asked me how. I said, the Lord showed me you yesterday. I saw your hair and I saw your smile. And I just knew I had to be here now. And she said I was ready to commit suicide. I was ready to do that. And that is just because my obedience. Me saying, Lord, I'm ready. If you say, here, I'm here I am, Lord. I'm ready. And so we forget sometimes the impact that we can leave when we obey Christ. Because we have normally two reactions when it comes to obeying Christ or being a disciple. Exactly what Adonis did. But Lord, I've heard many about this man. Lord, I know that family member. Lord, I know that colleague. Lord, that guy is reckless, Lord. Lord, I know these people in Zubak. Lord, they don't want salvation. Lord, I know it. We have two reactions. We disqualify ourselves or we disqualify others. We have a way of saying... So I say when we disqualify others, we are basically saying they're not worth the gospel. When you tell others, but Lord, I've heard many about this man. Lord, I'm not sure if they would want this. Basically what you're saying is you're God and you're telling if they want salvation or not. We cannot do it. It's impossible. Or we call ourselves inadequate. Lord, I don't have enough Bible knowledge. Lord, I haven't walked in this road long enough. Lord, I'm not spiritual enough. Lord, I have no prophetic gift. Lord, I have nothing. And then we disqualify ourselves. Let me give you the key. Here's the key, even when you feel like this. The Lord said it to Adonais, but the Lord said to him, go. He went. Anyway, telling the Lord, but Lord, go, for he is a chosen instrument. The key for us when we feel that way is to go. That's it. If you don't know how to make disciples, go. My first connect group, I was saved on a Tuesday. I joined a connect group on a Wednesday. The following Wednesday, I went to my connect group on a Wednesday. And the Thursday, I led my own. The, 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 the key is, is to stay a step ahead. Stay a chapter ahead. So when you're doing salvation, make sure you're on Lordship already. When you're reading through the book of Matthew, make sure you're reading Mark already. Just stay a step ahead. And then you can be discipling. That's all. And so we should watch out that we don't disqualify ourselves. So the next one, we grow in Christ when we obey Christ. There's no other way. It, 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 there's no other way. I promise you this. There's no other way. How do you gain experience in the workplace when you actually do the work? That's when you gain the most experience when you're actually putting your hand to the plow and working in that field. And then we see where did God called Saul to? To three places. He called him to the Gentiles. He called him to the kings. And he called him to the sons of Israel. Here's the question. Where is God calling you to? Who is God calling you to to disciple? Who is he calling you to to say you need to help this person in their walk with Christ? You need to help them. You need to fish for them. And you need to help them as well fishing for other people. You see, I know that God has called me to the nations. So before I came to Namibia, I had an option of actually going to Bloemfontein and leading the campus in Bloemfontein. And I said, no, I'm called for the nations. 
And it's, it's in me. So like, as soon as this comes home, like I said, the next place will be a nation. Then we'll go again. Jojo is preparing. She knows about it. She counted the cost. Long discussions in the beginning. Jojo, are you sure? Have you counted the cost? You know we can move. You know I don't know how long I stay in places. And she, So we count the cost of going and discipling and helping others follow Christ. Ananias departed. Okay. So when Ananias departed and entered the house, laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales from his eyes and he regained his sight. He rose and was baptized and taking food, he was strengthened. I want to release you from responsibility that you might think you have when you disciple someone. You might think you need to heal them, you need to deliver them, you need to help them in this, you need to help them in that. Here's what Adonais did for, you can go to the next one. Here's what Adonais did for Paul. Sorry, the previous two. The, the scripture, just stay at the scripture. Yeah, so here's what Adonais did for Paul. He did three things. First, Paul was met by the Lord. So when you fish for someone, you want to make sure they meet Jesus. Secondly, we see he was baptized. He was baptized. Thirdly, we see he was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's it. What do you want to do with someone you reach to? You want to establish them in the faith. Salvation, repentance, baptism, filled with the Spirit. Secondly, we see that Paul was Praying, you want to establish them in the word and in prayer. Help them to read the Bible every day and pray. Thirdly, we saw that he was spending, two slides on, we saw that he was spending time with disciples. Community. Establish them in church community. We bring them in and we help them to follow Christ here. See, this passage is in the Bible to show us. What is the next steps? What do I do with someone who's a new convert? What do I do with someone who just met the Lord? What do you do? Fill them with the Spirit. So they can go back and do Acts 1 verse 8. And you baptize them. You get them in connected with the Word. And you establish them in church community. And the last one is fellowship. So we follow Jesus. We help others follow Jesus. We fish for people. We help others fish for people. I just go to the previous one. We help others fish for people. Previous one. And it says, for some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. And immediately he proclaimed Jesus in the synagogue saying, he is the son of God. And all who learned, uh, all who heard him were amazed and said, it is not this, it's the, it's not this the man who made a havoc in Jerusalem of those who called upon his name. Next one. And, he, and as he has not come here for this purpose, to bring them bound before the chief priest, but Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who live in Damascus by proving that Jesus was the Christ. The right disciple, uh, the right fellowship would lead you to immediate obedience. If you, you surround yourself with the right people, you would immediately want to obey Christ. You would immediately desire more of Christ. You would immediately do what Paul, imagine he was just saved and he was proving that Christ was the king. 
just saved and proving, reasoning, going back to his custom, going back to what he was used to. Maybe you were, you were used to hanging in bars. Go back there then. If you're used to hanging wherever you hang, go back to what was custom to you. And go and reach those people for Jesus and help them to follow Christ. What is the goal of a connect group and a one-to-one? Here it is. One word, obedience. That's all. What do you want to help someone with when you, when you meet them? Is to obey Christ. Nothing else. We're not asking you for anything else but saying, help this person to know Christ better. To obey Him and to walk with Christ a road. Because what happens when you obey Christ? We saw, it says that Paul increased in strength. Increased in strength. If you do not exercise, you cannot get strengthened. If you do not run, you cannot get fit. If you read your Bible merely, you will not be obeying Christ. You have to exercise what is written down. If you come here Sunday after Sunday, watch out for the deception. Watch out that you don't come here year after year and doing the same thing. The same thing over and over and over. Because you would miss out on what Christ really has in store for you. Remember that faith is a journey. We're on this journey. And there's this passage in the Bible that speaks about, do not store up your treasures on earth, but store it up in heaven. What does that mean? It means people. Your treasures is people. The guy who led me to the Lord is going to bring me before the Lord and say, Lord, I have brought this guy into your kingdom. You must be like Joshua who led people into the promised land. And I think as a Canaan who went in alone. You need to go with people. Those are your treasures. Imagine everybody presenting their trophies, what they have brought, and you stand there empty-handed. Lord, I have nothing. I've made it, but I'm broke. So we need to bring in people into the kingdom. How, how is this relevant to you? In your work, in your family, in your friends, with strangers? How does this apply to you? That was then. How is this for now? Here's what it is. Why are you working where you're working? Three reasons. It's, for free, it's to follow Jesus. It's to fish for people. It's to fellowship. You guys should understand if you're in the corporate world, there's more eyes on you than there is on me. More people are looking at your lifestyle and the way you're doing things than people are looking at me. Me and Pastor Elma has a wonderful time in office. <laughs> Nobody's looking at us. But during out there, you have integrity. There's people looking at you and saying, how are you handling situations? How are you dealing with money? How are you treating me? And that's where it's so crucial that you continue on following Jesus. Staying ready, staying with Him, and fishing for people as you go, and fellowshipping with them as well. How is, will your family, how will your friends, how will this world, this nation, this government change when we do three things? We fish for, if we follow Jesus, we fish for people, and we fellowship. I cannot see it any other way by, by, by that. And so how does this look? I'm closing off with this. How does this look 
in our family, the every nation Dorado family. We do it through things, things, groups called connect groups and one-to-ones. That is the way we do it. Why do we do connect groups and one-to-ones? Here is foundational discipleship principles. Why do we do connect groups and one-to-ones? Because every person values to God. John 3 verse 16. Every person values to God. Why do we do connect groups and one-to-ones? Because we believe that's the way our church would grow. That's the way you will grow, and that's the way we will grow in number. We will grow larger, meaning in number. We'll go stronger in your faith, and you'll grow more influential. Thirdly, why do we do connect groups and and one-to-ones? Because every minister should prepare people to minister. Watch out. To say that only those who work for every nation are ministers. I'm an ambassador for Christ. With the message of reconciliation entrusted to me. And to you. And to all of us. We are all ministers of the word. I'm not saying you should have the gifting. But you can do. You don't have to have the gift of evangelism to do evangelism. You don't have to. Because the gift of the evangelism is to help you to evangelize. That's its purpose. So we believe every minister is called to men and every disciple should make disciples. That's why we do small groups. Connect groups, one-to-ones. What's the difference? What's the difference between discipleship and connect groups and one-to-ones? Discipleship is 24-7. It doesn't stop. Even on your off day, it doesn't stop. When I, I, I had someone, the guy who led me to the Lord, he was the guy who discipled me, and I called him. I, I had anxiety at a stage, and I called him 11. And I told him, Alex, I am anxious. I'm scared. And he discipled me. There's no time to that. But here's what we invite you into. It's a connect group and a one-to-one. When is that? It's once a week. 60 to 90 minutes. Same place, same time, every week. Always being asked of you is to put out 60 to 90 minutes in your schedule. And I think sometimes the Lord makes a lot of you busy to see if you really sacrifice for Him. He's putting your schedule. He's filling it up to see what will you take out to get Him in, to prioritize Him in your schedule. Though it shouldn't be like that, but it is like that. So yes, the reason we do connect groups and one-to-one. Because Christ became man and he lived the life that we should have lived. He died the death that we should have died in our places. Rosing from the dead on the third day, offering salvation and forgiveness of sins for those who repent and turn to him. We owe Christ everything. We are forever in debt with him. We owe him our lives. Everything. What is an hour a week? Say, Lord, I want to help people follow you, fish for people, and I want a fellowship. There's always good in it. As St. Augustine said, why are you so proud, O man? There's a God for thee became low. Thou wouldst perhaps be ashamed to imitate a lowly man. Then at least imitate a lowly God. At least imitate him who became man and lived the life that we should have lived. He did small groups. He did discipleship. You're not following us or me. You're following him and his example.
Let us pray. So here's the thing. God is ready to use you. God is ready to, to use every person that you're in touch with. He's ready to, 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 to touch them. God is ready to assist you to make disciples. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready to be like Ananias and say, Lord, ah, here I am. God, I have my feet of readiness. And so, Lord, we pray this morning, Lord, that God, your word will not return void, Lord. God, we thank you for discipleship, Lord. We thank you, God, that you have placed people, Lord, to invest in us. And Lord, I pray that we would go and invest in people, Lord. God, I pray that you will assist us not to just hear your word today, Lord, but to reflect your glory, Lord. May we go out there, Lord, and obey you, Lord. God, may you assist us even when we use what Ananias said, but Lord, I've heard so many things. Help us in our weakness, Lord. God, and I pray that as we do discipleship, we'll not forget the Spirit, God, that empowers us to do this, Lord. That it is not the process. It is not the material, Lord. It is your Spirit, Lord, that is with us and assists us. But thank you as well, Lord, for tools that we can use, God, that can assist us in making disciples. Lord, help us. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.